Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're not gonna like end our friendship. Of course not. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mixed Motherhood Podcast. Today we are here with a special guest C and of course Nanai. Hi everybody. Hello. And it's been a while since uh we've been on the air. Um we had one week where we are where we were away. And then we had some technical difficulties last week. Yeah. So we are back with a bang. And I'm so, so excited <laughs> to be talking to you. Where are you yeah. actually? I am in Edmonton. Oh. Alberta. Yeah. I'm Yeah. So just, just hanging out at home. <laughs> just relaxing. Okay. Yeah. What do you do? I am a makeup artist. I work for uh, Blush, Blush Artistry out in Sherwood Park here in Edmonton. Oh, we gotta mm. get you to drop your details later. So I will. Everybody's looking for absolutely. Makeup. Please get some glam yeah. done. How long have you been season. in makeup? I have been a makeup artist for about seven years. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really so enjoy it. You can just it. like look at someone now and say, "This is what you need." Absolutely. This is- absolutely. Oh wow. Yes, I just love. Where were you when I was getting married? <laughs> I was a really good makeup artist, but. Um, I actually met her the day of my wedding. Which oh my gosh! Such a gamble. But you didn't have amazing. a trial. That's awesome. And exactly, yeah. if you're really good at what you do, it, yeah. it is it is recommended definitely to have trials so you can definitely uh, have the conversations uh, with your makeup artist in terms of what your look want, what you want to look like, what are your hopes for. You guys do the makeup looks. You look at mm-hmm. it in the mirror. You take photos the day of, and you decide, okay, this is exactly what I want to look like, or it's not, right? Then you have time to change mm-hmm. things up before the big day. But mm-hmm. I think for the most part, uh, really good makeup artists, you know, if it is that day, the brides just trust you, and it's like, hey, let's just go. I trust your judgment, and they do amazing work. So that's awesome. I'm glad you had that good experience, yeah. though, because mm-hmm. it is kind of scary, <laughs> especially well, when it's the wedding day. One thing that was scary for me is that sometimes you'll talk to makeup artists and you th- the first thing that I always say when I'm booking a makeup artist, a photographer, anybody who's doing a service, mm. I tell them that I'm black. Yeah, and yeah, I yes. ask them um, if they've had experience working with black folks before yep. and um, if they could send me. Abs- um, absolutely. Like, you know, some, some uh, portfolio pictures of their exactly. uh, previous work with uh, women of color. Absolutely. Okay. I find is being in this industry a lot of women of color a lot of black women as much as they want it just like any other uh, woman they want Mm -hmm. to have their makeup done for special occasions they Mm -hmm. would love to go to salons and studios but the thing is they're scared because sometimes they've gone they end up looking ashy gray they use the wrong colors and you know what you look like you know what Mm -hmm. you want to look like you envision in your mind Mm -hmm. and you're, you're trying to trust these people because you know they see them you see them working on other people, you know, white women, Asian mm-hmm. women. It yeah. seems well, they to get pull done. Out the blush that you know is just, you know, and it's work. just, and it just looks. <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's hard, but one thing with blush, all the girls know how to work with women with color of color. Okay, oh, yeah, good. Um, That's good. We've never had really any complaints in terms of like nah our color's wrong and da 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 you know we we try you know I think I think in order to be a really good makeup artist you have to work on every single skin tone mm-hmm. you have to be mm-hmm. able it doesn't exactly. matter what you see in terms of because you don't know what your client's going to look like for mm-hmm. take example with a wedding you only meet the bride if you have a trial you don't meet all the bridesmaids 
You only, That's you don't true. know, you right? You only get to meet the bride. You talk with her or maybe her mom. You know, they come in, they get their makeup done. But the day of the wedding, all her bridesmaids, you have no idea if it's a bunch of Caucasian women or Asian mm-hmm. women or African women or Caribbean women. You don't know. So you have to make sure you have everything in your kit <clears throat> that's needed. And, and you want to make sure that the women all feel beautiful. You don't mm-hmm. want them walking out of the house and not, you yeah. want them to look in the mirror and feel good because I, I think it's important for women to feel confident. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I know beauty is just not just what's outside. Obviously, it's the inside. But come on, if it's a, a big day, you're looking glam, you want to feel beautiful. And you don't want to yeah. have like blinds or looking ashy or, you know, being unhappy. Yeah. You want oh, to tr- trust that when you look in that mirror, it's like, yes, this is what I wanted. This looks great. Thank you so much. It's important. I think it's so very you important. Said something about um, photos. So they do take photos before so that, cause I always feel like I look different in photos with makeup on than I do when I look in the mirror. So they do take photos. Yes. Yeah, so they will. They, okay. And we suggest for you to take photos. So like, let's say if you were having a trial and we do your makeup, we suggest mm-hmm. for you to take photos when you're out in your natural light in the bathroom light mm-hmm. Any sort of lighting, sunset light, just so you can get mm-hmm. a sense of what you're going to look like throughout the day. Because as you guys know, in when we're getting married, you're, sometimes it starts at 4 a.m. You're not done till midnight, right? So it's different yeah. settings, different lighting yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. So it's good to check out um, the different lightings, how if your face gets oily, if things kind of change. And that way we can work on that. So the day of everything is just set. It is perfect. And you feel confident. Well, Absolutely. Okay. But I definitely a photographer. Well, I had a photographer say to me, um, oh, we can just edit things. I'm like, and that's excuse true. me? <laughs> I know, but it's like you don't want to edit too, too much because you still want to look mm-hmm. like yourself. You know, you don't want to look yeah. like well, it's like, that is not me. Like, yeah, how much do you like if if the if your foundation is off or yes. if something is off? That's a lot of that's a lot of editing. That and, that's, so. and then that I'm assuming that increases the pricing because they have to edit a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. like, can we not? Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You have such an important job. I feel like a lot of people underestimate the importance of uh, how empowering it can be to have good makeup, especially when you're black. Yes. And, you know, I went to a conference just a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to this uh, one of the lady from an institution in, I think she was somewhere in Vancouver and she was telling me, she was like, I, I really like your, your skin. And I was like, Oh, mm. it's just, it's foundation. I can't remember what foundation I had on. And she's like, you know, I always get anxiety at these types of events because I always feel like I, I, I don't want my foundation to oxidize or look weird Absolutely. because it's distracting when you're exactly. trying to exactly And it's always, and it's not like I can just like run out to like, and quickly a shop wash it on exactly to get my color right. It's not mm-hmm. like I can, yeah. So we kind of bonded over that, and I, I feel like people don't really uh, appreciate like how much makeup can do for your confidence, especially if mm-hmm. it's done well. If it's mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah. And the, the thing is, and, uh, and that's what you're focusing on too, is right? Is because even if you you have so much more important things to say, people do notice if something's mm-hmm. off. Yes. With you. They do, and you can feel that they're looking not at yeah. you but at your makeup and it's like you get nervous you get stressed there's nothing you can do it's not like you can quickly go to the bathroom and wash it off and like you said yeah, you no. can't go to shoppers 100%. shoppers you know god bless them the drugstore uh, market you know <laughs> they're getting better you know i mean i remember being like 13 and finding nothing yeah you know the you go there here in uh, i'm in moncton so okay. it's actually quite good it's, good it's, um i made a uh instagram uh 
um, story about this, but like compared to when I lived in uh, in BC. Okay. They, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try like you can actually see that um, they're they're making an effort, and not just that. Like even the sales um, sales folks, like the people yes, at the, the staff movie counter, mm. yeah, they are actually very knowledgeable. Like, yes, I they are. Yes. I remember being in Cologne and asking about like, um, I can't remember what it was. And I was like, Hey, can you recommend something for me? I can't remember what it was. Yeah. It's just like, well, I actually don't know, but if you come <laughs> back, like on this day, you can talk to this person <laughs> who worst. might be able to help you. I'm like, you should know. But you this. should know. And this is just like, it. And that's why it's so hard. Again, not want to say certain names, but there's certain, uh, stores, makeup stores where mm. you go into. I'm gonna and... call them out. Shop is drug mart. You need to do a better job. Like <laughs> you are everywhere across the country. Like in in most communities, that yeah. is the only option that you well, have. Well, that's the because a lot of people can't. You know, they don't want to go to Sephora or yeah. you know other places. You know, and even sometimes with them, you got to be careful too. It depends on what day. Like sometimes I walk in there mm-hmm. as a makeup artist. Luckily for me, I know what I'm looking for. I know what I need. And sometimes the service is just. Awful. The thing is yeah. too with sh- with with um, shoppers or um, even Sephora, mm-hmm. if in communities where there is only just shoppers, and you don't want to shop online because you need to try, especially for exactly. us, exactly, you need to look at it, you need to feel yes. it, you need to see. I have to give shoppers. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. They're doing a little better. I mean, the shoppers, um, you they know, are doing see, <laughs> the one on uh, the one on twenty third and sixty six. They have a full. Yes, um, I've been yeah. room to the side where they have a full makeup. They have all these different mm-hmm. um, makeup labels and there and different things going on. So they have like a full thing. Like I'm impressed. I was quite impressed. Yeah, and, no, and, and it, and it is better. It, it, it's only a couple that have them. I uh, Summerside. Yeah, have you have to go to think. the right shoppers. It's not yeah. every shoppers. Yeah, it's not every shoppers that <laughs> yeah, has exactly. that full. You know, um, it's not just an aisle. It's like almost a full room to itself. Mm. So it's really awesome. So shoppers, I love you. I don't know about this. <laughs> Thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. <laughs> I think that I don't. And for our viewers who don't know what Shoppers Drug Mart is, <laughs> it's like a massive, like pharmacy drugstore mm-hmm. chain. Yeah. Where you could buy anything from makeup to get your prescriptions or even Food. pick up a snack. <laughs> Food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of their snacks actually are when they're discounted. Oh. I <laughs> And then you can earn points. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your background. So for those of you who can't see us, which is everybody except me and Cookie, you are mm-hmm. a beautiful black woman. So tell us a little you. bit more about your, your background. Well, um, I was born in Canada, but my parents are both Jamaican. Mm-hmm. So they came here in the 70s, I believe. Um, both were quite young. Uh, they lived in Toronto uh, mm-hmm. Basically, until they were in their, I believe, their early 20s. And then my dad moved to Alberta because he wanted to be a welder. And obviously, this is the place to be in Alberta if you want to do that kind of work. And then my mom followed about a year and a half later. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. Uh, uh, I have a brother and okay. I have two children. My brother has three children. Um and it's funny. So my my brother's wife, she's French. Um, mm-hmm. So they also have children of a biracial background. Mm-hmm. And then my children are my ex partner is uh, from Denmark. So my children are half Danish. Oh wow! So yeah, 
Oh, what else? I used to be in insurance and I loved it for a bit, but then, you know, you get, um, you get, uh, annoyed when people are just getting constantly mad at you for things that you have no control over. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it kind of it just starts oh. to get to you, you know, like you, it, it gets to a point where you go to work and everything is just kind of negative. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. You don't own the company. It's corporate. You're just following yeah. the rules. People don't really understand that. And you feel for them. And it was just a point in my life where it's like, you know what? I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go to work mm-hmm. and feel good. You know, mm-hmm. I understand that people, we do what we have to in order to uh, survive, yeah. live our lives and survive, to do the, you know, our lives outside of work. But I think your job should be something that you can, if you love it, great. But if you don't love it, at least it's something you can do and be okay yeah. with doing. Because yeah. you know that it's just one aspect of your life. It's not your whole life, right? So, yeah. And yeah. then I left that. And my girlfriends were like, you really need to get into makeup. You've always been good at it. We Because I always was the one everybody got ready at my house when we were going out to the clubs when we were young. <laughs> doing everybody's makeup before we went out. And then I just took a chance. So I took a course. I did it for two years. Mm-hmm. And then I started freelancing and started doing weddings. And I knew some photographers. So they'd put my name out there. And, yeah. And then here I am. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, oh, my actually gave me, well, I was going to say, Cookie actually gave me my first uh, foundation. Do you remember this? <laughs> it was our first summer in Britain's Pond. Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Well, I can say the residence. It was our first <laughs> summer. Um, and we were living in the same, like, res- residence-ish yep. or something like that. Yep. And you had this Mary Kay Mm, foundation, foundation. yeah that i don't know if you didn't like it or whatever and you're like hey do you want this and i was like yeah sure and i tried it and it was perfect perfect match oh really mm. perfect yes and oh. i wore mary Kay makeup for like two or three years before, yes like i moved on to of course other, other stuff other stuff yeah yeah oh, well, for, all, for those of you listening this is mm-hmm. a little, little insight <laughs> <laughs> You are the one that made me addicted to buy a foundation. Oh, wow. Okay. It's me now. This is on me. I am the problem. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So you moved into, you moved from insurance um, mm-hmm. into uh, the makeup industry. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need to almost apologize because I've been that, that, that client that's been like, well, why am I paying insurance <laughs> kind of thing and getting <laughs> super upset and living, living in the Maritimes. Like you need to have good insurance. Yes, you have mm-hmm. everything you from have like the craziest storms, storms to hurricanes to like flooding. Um, it's basically all of the what is it the the, the plagues of Egypt here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you have to have like really good insurance. But, yeah. So you moved into the makeup industry, and mm-hmm. um, what was one thing about you know that change in your industry that really just fascinated you and excited you and. Uh, what excited me was I love the busyness. So when you're mm-hmm. okay, for example, because wedding season is my favorite season in the makeup industry. I just love, you know, the brides getting ready, the bridesmaids are happy, moms getting ready, dads getting the tuxes, the flowers are being delivered, photographies everywhere, and you're just in that moment, and you're you feel so important because you're about to make these women feel absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love, I love being around women listening to their stories getting to know them and all the while beautifying them and making them Mm -hmm. feel like not only themselves but an enhanced version and i love the trust that i get 
um, and how happy they look when they look in the mirror and they're just so happy with the work that I've done. Yeah. And they can go about their day and they know that their face is, is amazing. And that just feels good for me. It feels good that I've been a part of something and their vision uh, was executed really well. Yeah, that's awesome. It comes to light yeah. for them. Exactly. And it's just one of those things too. And in insurance, I didn't hate it. It was just, you know, there's only so much you can do. Like you, yeah. you pay that certain, this is what you get. Or, you know, if your car is a, a total loss, like I'm not, I can't, I can only pay you what I can pay. I, I, I do not have the control. <laughs> the to do anything else. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But so you definitely. you two kiddos. Um, yes, I how do. How old are they? Uh, my daughter is 10 and my son is seven. Oh, good age gap. Yes, yeah. that's yes. a great age. Actually, yes, they're very yeah, right. It, it was interesting when they were younger. So when my daughter was like three, and then my son was a newborn, I was like, oh my gosh, like how is this gonna? But it actually worked out well because she was at the right age where she wanted to help mom. You know, it was her little doll. Help me change the bum. Help me, you know, with the bottles yep. and whatnot. And as they grow it's like he's just a couple steps behind and they're, yeah. they're still, they're quite close. It's not mm-hmm. too much of a far of a gap. I wanted them to be kind of close. My brother and I are mm-hmm. only four years apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found yeah. that we, we got along for the most part, of course, siblings, right. And they're going to have yeah. their, their moments. <laughs> I mean, it's inevitable, but yeah, yeah. no, it's a good age. I think and they're both a- very independent. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a good um, mm-hmm. gap to have, like you said, because of the closeness. I, I worry mm-hmm. a lot about my oldest and my youngest because there's an eight-year gap between them. Right. And I'm always like, well, hopefully they'll eventually talk to each yes. other later, right? And um, and they will. Was, they will. And I was making fun of her for the other day because she was like, oh, I don't want to talk to, let's say Elle. She was mm-hmm. like, she's annoying me. I don't want to yeah. be around her right now, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, you know what, though? I was like, there's going to come a time where she's going to treat you like that because you're much older and she's going to look at you as yes. um, this older person. She doesn't want to be around. You know, you're not going to be cool. And she was like, no, she'll never do that. And I was like, you know, in as <laughs> no. much as I want to say she won't, <laughs> I was like, it's going to hurt your heart and so much. Well, and you'll mm-hmm. see when, you know, because you are significantly older than her. So yes. you're, 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 um, things that you'll be doing at the time and you'll be looking at her going, Oh, I've already done that. Like, don't do that. She's not going to want to hear that. She's not, not going to want to hear it from her. You. So yep. just, you know, watch for that. It's almost a like, different well, generation. Like right? my older sister and my younger brother have an 11 year difference. I'm, oh, wow. I'm in the middle. And I think that, and I, I'm just assuming, I know my sister's going to listen to this. I'm just assuming <laughs> this is what's going through your head, but because you were mature enough to see him in all of the stages of his life. I think there's more of like a, there's like a secondary maternal type relationship there. And so I think a lot of the disagreements they have is exactly what you said, Cookie, like looking at this person and still seeing them as, like a, not a child, but but having that protective energy yes. over yeah. them, yeah. and not wanting them to experience all those things. And yeah, because we absolutely. are closer in age, there's a three and a half year age difference between me and her. Um, we were able to experience some things kind of together. Yes, yeah. And with them, it's always been like he's not mature enough to do this, or she's like, why is she on my case about X, Y, Z? Yes, yeah. 
Yeah. My daughter has a tendency to do that with my son. She's just very, I don't want to say that she's bossy, but she's always on him about like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, M, or you shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, do that. And he's just like, I have a mom. I don't need you <laughs> yeah. to be telling and me what Look, <laughs> this is another thing we talked about, like, in a, I can't remember what episode. It was one of our earlier episodes where I was like, um, especially being a black girl, mm-hmm. sometimes there's just like societal expectation that you need to do these things like you need to take on that role in the household where you are moving things forward and it's it's something that I have like a love-hate relationship with like I appreciate um just like even from our culture that you know girls are taught how to just be so good at running things and like figuring Mm -hmm. things out Mm -hmm. and um you know, just pushing things forward. But I think that because that expectation um, is there and it starts at a really early age, like I'm talking like yes. seven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it can really have an effect on your own childhood, like how you perceive yourself within society. Yes. Um, and also, like, I, I have friends who felt like they never really got to be a kid because as soon as mm. seven or eight hit, they were the de facto helper in yeah. the house yeah. and they were helping raise the boys mm-hmm. or helping, um, you know, be responsible. Mm-hmm. And that makes me, you know, that makes me really sad that. Oh, absolutely. You know, that there are girls out there that are in this position for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Um, and I, 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 as a parent, because I already can foresee that happening, but I have to try to be more, um, be cognizant of it and and make mention of certain and just try to not to avoid it because it has to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. They have to go through what they go through. But she was she was genuinely sad. She was like, I don't know if that's. I was like, you know, just just be present. Just be present right now. That's all. Um, yeah. Because tomorrow you might mm-hmm. actually, you might you might get the eye roll constantly. And then Absolutely. You'd be like, right. So it'll be mm-hmm. hard, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you um, you're no longer with your 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 partner. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Ex partner. Um, yes. Yeah. Ex partner. Yeah. Um, so how are the two of you um, raising your children so that they have, um, I guess, exposure or experience with both sides of their cultural identity? Very good question. So I find we co-parent really well. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're with me most of the time because I just, I didn't want them to be having to worry about school and, okay. you know, leaving homework here or doing this and just having so much change, especially during the school year. So mm-hmm. he sees them um, every other weekend, but when it's his weekend during that week, he does spend time with them, right? Whether he'll pick them up for a couple of hours, they go and do activities together. And then that weekend he has them for the whole weekend during the summer, he has them for one whole week in July and then another week in August where they just get to go. He takes them on vacations and whatnot. Uh, we try our best to, to, when it comes to holidays, if something lands on time that I have them and if he really wants to do something with them and I have no plans, he's more than welcome to take that, take them, uh, vice versa, Christmas time. Uh, in Danish culture, they celebrate on the 24th anyway, so he picks them up. Mm-hmm. They have that time drops them off on the 25th. We just we, we just do our best to try uh, and make things work. Um, 
if they have questions about their heritage, you know, um, my son actually had cultural day last year when he was uh, in grade one and he wanted to know uh, and talk more about Vikings and, and mm-hmm. the, that part of Danish culture. And he reached out to his dad and his dad reached out to his parents and he found out a whole bunch of information. So they try and, and, and vice versa. Like, yeah, absolutely. We definitely try to get them involved as much as we can in both sides i don't think they're getting they're definitely getting more exposure to i guess you can say the jamaican side because they're with me more but definitely if they have questions it's not hard for them to get the answers that they're looking for yeah so you would say your culture is pretty uh the jamaican culture i know because you were born and raised in edmonton technically Mm -hmm. yes Um, yes and it's still very prominent in your family the culture yeah I mean, okay. they try. Like, it's not. It's nothing. It's definitely not like the islands. That is for sure. It's very cold. It is not <laughs> the same at all. But I mean, I feel definitely with the foods and and hearing the Jamaican stories and the folklore, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think yeah. it's important for them. Like, I was raised that way, and it's nice to see that my kids have access with that from my parents as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. great. Absolutely, and they enjoy both types of food. I don't even know what kind of food um, the Danish eat. I don't. Lots know. of fish. Yeah, a lot of fish. And yes, pickles a lot of fish and, and pickled things, pickled uh, herrings, yeah. pickled yeah, uh, charcoal. Which is totally my jam. Boards. Like yeah, I totally go to eat like. <laughs> but. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about it all the time, but yeah, yeah, I can do it like... all the time. But do <laughs> <laughs> so you know how to make some of this food for them? Absolutely not. Like, like oh. the Jamaican food, yeah, <laughs> sure, but no, the Danish food, no. no, no. <laughs> they want Absolutely that. They gotta go to yeah, no. Some sort of like... <laughs> European deli, of course. Yeah, or they go to Fafa and Famwa's house. It's, there uh, you go. Their grandparents, uh, they can go and check them out and uh, they can get all that experience over there because it's not happening over here. <laughs> <laughs> curious about and I know that Cookie has shared a little bit about this Mm -hmm. too is how you um like you manage like not manage balance Mm -hmm. um your your children's identity when you're no longer together with you know you're no longer Mm -hmm. living in the same yes yes house yes because um I think Cookie at one point you were like you 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 want to let your children um like lead that exploration because it's they're going they're experiencing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what they're experiencing but you also don't want to skew it towards like maybe just sim culture or like whatever so i don't know how you are um like are you consciously aware that uh, you want to nurture like both sides of, of their yes. identity and yeah I feel so absolutely I do want it especially because they look more like me anyway so mm-hmm. they do look like black children so mm-hmm. I think that's important for them to know the other side of their culture and make sure that's not forgotten make sure mm-hmm. they don't feel like I was it was just a constant just about my side Mm-hmm. Yeah. where they come from mm-hmm. from mom's side because it's important because I didn't just have them on my own. Mm-hmm. They, they're, yeah. they're 50% me, 50% my ex. So they need to be able to explore and ask questions and feel confident and um, confident enough to say, hey, you know, mom, we have some questions. Like, mm-hmm. let's find out the information and 
And they're third culture and, kids because they have like mm-hmm. the Danish side, the yes, Jamaican yep. side, and, and Canadian. Canadian. And, and I mean, exactly, because they've never, you know, they've never been to Denmark. They've been to Jamaica, but they haven't been to Denmark. It's something okay. that my ex definitely wants to do in, in their lifetime when they get a little older, for sure. You mm-hmm. definitely want yeah. to take them to experience that. But they, absolutely. So it's like learning three different cultures, learning yes. their Canadian culture, which is mm-hmm. predominant because they are here. They were born and raised mm-hmm. in Canada. And this is the one that comes first mm-hmm. and it is important. Uh, but it's also important to nurture the other parts where they yeah, come the from as well. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's part of them. I, I, wonder, this is a ra- I don't know if it's a random question, but I just, I always wondered why the default for um, mixed race children is that they're black. Why is that? I always wondered why people go ex- to that. Like, um, because clearly, because that's how not... society sees them. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. the first thing that society identifies them. Like, mm-hmm. they may not know what their racial mix is, mm-hmm. but they will always know that half of them, at least, is black. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this too in my Instagram, where I'm like, I I know that my children are not a hundred percent black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of the experiences that they have, especially a lot of negative experiences that they have, yes. are a result from the fact that they are racialized by other people as as having this like black black identity. And yes. I don't. I want to be able to prepare my kids to be able to like navigate those situations. Like I don't want to be the type of mom that has like mixed kids and just like. Pretends, you know, let's let's the child yeah. think that they are white. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. You know, we we live in a very white place, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the things that they are surrounded by, um, you know, they're they're very like English, Irish, Scottish type. Yep. Things, and I want them to be able to appreciate those things, but also to be able to like, you know navigate what it's like to be racially profiled to have yes. somebody you know make fun of their hair yeah or uh to be stopped <clears throat> by the police exactly These things be- are yes a reality unfortunately but i want to hear from you say i feel that um it's extremely <clears throat> important um i think it would be very ignorant as a parent and and, and silly to not prepare your child uh, for what the world, what could happen mm-hmm. to them, what's going to go on. Because, And it's not because you you are wishing it upon them. It's to prepare no. them. That's what you're supposed to do as parents. We're supposed to prepare our children to be out there when we're not there protecting them, when they get older and they're more uh, independent. Um, I, I, I tell my son all the time, there will come a point, you are not going to be treated the same way as your friends are going to mm-hmm. be treated. Mm-hmm. You may be accused of something just because of what you look like, not because you've done anything, not because you have given anybody any sort of attitude. It's just because of how you look. And it's mm-hmm. just to prepare them. And it's, uh, and it's an uncomfortable conversation so, to have. Yep. Uh, and it's sad. It, it, I wish we didn't have to have that. I wish you can just raise them as just human beings. So that's all they are in the end. I mean, yep. really. But we have to prepare them. We don't them. have that luxury. We don't have that luxury. Absolutely not. And it's and it's very important for them <laughs> to be aware. It's like you are different and there's nothing wrong with your difference. But please be prepared that people, some people, mm-hmm. are going to treat you differently in a negative way because of that difference. 
and they're yes. going to say ignorant things and they may do ignorant things and it's up to you know just to up to us to prepare them for that and what to do so they don't get themselves in trouble because you know at as you guys know, and things that you hear on the news, you know, even before COVID and during COVID, there's still a lot of stuff, especially in America, like, you know, with all the shootings and just how even black here, people are so treated. Yeah, true. Exactly. Even right. Here, like it's, yeah. I mean, you hear about things in Toronto, you hear about things yes. in you know, Halifax. I mean, Nova Scotia mm-hmm. has crazy, crazy, um, you know, bad history with mm. racialized folks. And I yeah. mean, it just points to the map of Canada anywhere. <laughs> right? Like, holy. <laughs> I think a, another yeah. thing, too, um, that I am, because I am very conscious about these kinds of things, but there is this uh, stereotype that exists, especially within the Black community, that mixed kids, um, like, the, you can always tell when a mixed kid is raised by somebody who is black and somebody oh, yes. who is white. Yes. And I think it's this idea that the the mixed kids who have um more had have had more of like a a, a black um education mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in life tend to be more self aware. Yes. And mm-hmm. understand that they can be racialized but they also live a life of privilege because yes. of the way that they look. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had like really intense arguments with some of my friends, um, some of whom are, are white women raising, you know, mixed, mm-hmm. mixed kids who don't think that this is an issue. And, and that's really ignorant of them. Sorry, yeah. no disrespect to your friends, but they are not preparing yeah. their children for what's out there because they cannot sit there and honestly say, how can they honestly say that their kids are just going to be treated like everybody else when clearly they do not look Caucasian? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's, it's really dangerous. That's very dangerous. Oh, 100%. And mm-hmm. I think if you are the racialized uh, person in, in the relationship, yep. I think that there there is a, a responsibility there to, A, educate your partner or yes. your, 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 the, the other parent, Yep. but also to educate your kids because yes. it's not... I mean, unless your children are white passing, even that is not a guarantee because you don't know how they are going to be racialized in society. You know, you could be Mm -hmm. pretty, you could be like Meghan Markle, uh, you know, who is (laughs) racially ambiguous at times. Yeah. Especially early on in her career. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell like what her racial background was. I was surprised. Yeah. But you don't know how she's being racialized, right? Yes. So it is still important to have those conversations. At least this is what, again, my opinion. I, I think it's important that if you are the racialized person, that you need to tell the other person that this 100%. is this is possible, possible. And I know that this is controversial. And I'm sure we'll get whatever somebody telling us that we're wrong and crazy. But nah. um, this is a, this is a real. It is you know, a real. A real but- discussion absolutely and I was just gonna say like I don't when it comes to uh, white women that are raising uh, biracial children it's not really up to them like you're saying like I mean yes they should be and they absolutely should be involved in terms of the conversation because it's their child and need to open up and realize what's going on but it is up to their black fathers Mm -hmm. to if you're going to be in a relationship with a white woman and this has nothing to do with preference, all of that. Do whatever you want, okay? Be with whomever you want. But if you're going to have children, 
you have to prepare them because you are the per like you said you are the per yep. you are the black person you are the one that yep. has the experience you have to be out there preparing them for what could happen no if nothing happens great mm -hmm. fine but mm -hmm. it, I don't I think it, it it's insane to not prepare your kids for what it most likely happens I'm sorry I've experienced racism my first the first time I was called the n-word I was five Oh, girl, oh, you wow. don't need to explain that to like, us. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, oh, my God. It's going to happen, right? It's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> and it happened that? to even a girlfriend of mine. And she's biracial, like, you know, and she was called N-word, too. Like, And she's much, much lighter than I am, her complexion. Mm -hmm. like, And she has green eyes. Like, you couldn't even tell. And this is why I'm saying you don't know how mm -hmm. these people are racialized in society. Mm -hmm. So for you to say my children have, they're insulated from this because maybe they're white passing or... You know, we just are in an in an, a community or an environment where we it doesn't don't happen. Experience but that they're gonna go and travel the world. This is the thing that I yeah. Like you have to prepare them, even if it's not happening in Pleasantville, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're in their little beautiful communities and nothing's <laughs> happening. Good for them. But are they going to be there forever? No. They're going to go out there and travel and experience things, and it is is so important to prepare them. Like yeah. even the first time you I went to what? America, holy crap! Well, okay, so it is not. But the, the other thing is, I find that people who make this type of argument tend to be of a higher socioeconomic class, and they yeah. think that uh, having access or, um, like have, having money or access to, yeah. White, yep. whiteness yep. Yep. Is yep. yes is going to insulate their children um, yeah. um it does to a point but it doesn't protect them for yeah no but i, I mean think it actually puts them almost at a disadvantage sort of because i feel like then the um the eye is really on them and then the questions because mm -hmm. once you're in that because there's blocks right so once you're a little you past a certain block then it's mm -hmm. like well why did that happen? That doesn't happen and in our know. economics. Yes. You know what I mean? So we then they get treated. Yeah. They they get treated even maybe even worse than if you yes. were just you know um, not lower class, but you know what I mean. Just not in that yes. particular Oprah. socioeconomic. Remember when Oprah yep. was in Switzerland and she wanted to see this handbag in some yes. store, and they racially profiled Oprah like... Winfrey. Like <laughs> but it I guess doesn't it matter if you're the richest woman in the world, and that's just it. <laughs> and, and and the fact that. They they were so comfortable. Yes. And it's like, okay, fine. Oprah is one of the most recognized people on this planet. Like, come on. And fine. She doesn't look when she's out and about the same way mm -hmm. that she looks on TV. Yes. That's but right. still, regardless, it doesn't matter. If she wants to see a bag, hand her the bag, Mm -hmm. she, like what was that and then they're sitting there trying to justify and make excuses oh she didn't realize who she was it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter that shouldn't have mattered she was a customer first yes mm -hmm. she walked in there you don't mm -hmm. know what uh, people's status is you can't just mm -hmm. assume most people when you go shopping people are not dressed to the nines when they go shopping everybody's nope. in their sweats their hair is up no makeup on whatever yes i understand in some cases some people do look very glamorous when they're shopping on rodeo drive or wherever the heck they're going <laughs> but for the most part some people aren't and they're just they're just relaxed you can't assume that you know anybody this is this true is what I'm saying, but, because... but when you feel like it because i okay i have none on today because there's some days i don't want to put it on and some days you just want to go to the store make sure your eyebrows are done and that's good like that's <laughs> it for you it's fine yeah. <laughs> 
you shouldn't have to be all glam. bump into somebody. Just in case. I learned early on, even in my career, that nobody takes you seriously unless you look the part. This is true. So I always make sure that I look put together because people are not going to take me seriously if I look. This is a good point. And it has nothing to do with like... um, self-hate or whatever like no saying oh you're like masking who you really are it's it's a simple reality like i i was dressed up yesterday because i went to my mother-in-law's art exhibition mm. and we stopped by the liquor store to get a bottle of champagne and i was i had makeup on i was yep. like looked for the best service i've ever had in my entire life people mm. call me ma'am, ma'am. Ask for a re- recommendation <laughs> for champagne and they're like oh what's your budget i've never been asked What's my budget? budget. They automatically assume you're looking for budget. You're yeah. looking for something mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah. And I like, I was just like, this is, is this what it's like to be white? Because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> on the budget thing, I don't necessarily take it. I wouldn't have taken it like that. I don't typically take being asked. But you what know what I mean? To ask, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, maybe that's what it feels like to be white. My mom always used to say, look like somebody owns you like don't leave this house looking like that like you gotta look mm, for like sure. somebody owns you you right? gotta look, exactly look like you have a mother look like you have yeah. somebody that cares about you it's like you know yeah. making sure the kids don't have the crusts on their mouth and the sleep oh in their gosh. eyes and it's like oh my gosh making sure their face everything's moisturized and you just look presentable like absolutely and I have this argument with my husband all the time because he just like oh we're just we're just going to the park. I'm like, yes, but there will be other kids there and other parents there. Like my kids' hair always needs to be brushed. Absolutely. They always need, especially in winter, they need that layer of Vaseline. Yep. On the <laughs> on the face. They need to look juicy and yep. like dewy and dewy healthy. and healthy. <laughs> None of this ashy hair looking crazy <laughs> business. No. Because it reflects kid. badly on usually the mother, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much she mm-hmm. the mother leaves the exactly. Yeah. yeah. So would you so, say your ex partner is um aware, somewhat self aware and is obviously he can't have that conversation with his kids, but he's no. aware to you know, no? Okay. He is aware no, he's he's aware, but it's funny. I definitely I'm glad it's me, like I'm the one. I am the black one because I'm oh. the one that is way more comfortable <laughs> yes. with having the conversation. Because even when I, okay, so for example, when the, the stuff happened with George Floyd, because uh, my daughter is in, I think she was in grade three or grade four at the time. But anyway, they were kind of talking about it in class. So she had questions and she's going to her dad and he's like, oh, you know, sometimes bad things happen. And, uh, and then kind of left it at that. And it's like, Ugh. yeah, you know. I find for some people, it's just, it's a hard conversation to have because it it's something they've never had to experience. Because, I mean, he's never had to experience mm-hmm. that. He obviously understands that. Um, Did he grow up in Denmark or here? He didn't grow up there. He grew up here, but he's visited there from okay. time to time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely knows that there there's issues when it comes to racism and things that happen with people. But it is hard for him to have the conversations with the and children. I, and I, to his credit, he just doesn't know what to say. Because, uh, no, he yeah, doesn't know what to say. Thing. He doesn't know what to say. And also, um, going back to what we just said, he doesn't hold, he can't hold that responsibility. Yeah. Because he has no idea what it exactly. looks like. So to exactly. his credit, he just doesn't, he doesn't know. So He's willing to listen. The... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's willing to listen. And it's like, if he, 
my daughter says something to him, they'll have a conversation about it and he's willing to listen to it, but he definitely doesn't really know how to, to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's what it's left up to me, which is fine because yeah. I know how to respond to it. To respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had um, my husband <laughs> in the last uh, episode and mm. he, like, I asked him this question. Mm. I'm like, you know, do you ever feel like, what, like what's your responsibility in society when all of these things are happening especially when you have kids because it's different mm -hmm. when it's your partner or just somebody you know but when it's your child yes. somebody who's yeah. looking to you for guidance, for, guidance yeah. for a way to navigate through these things mm -hmm. and his response was basically I, I mean I can't remember it word for word but he basically said like it's my responsibility to listen and also learn mm. um because there are things that I'm not always aware about. And, you know, Cookie said it best. You, the, the, the partner who is racialized also has a responsibility in, um, you know, saying, look, this is why this hurts and upsets me so much. Yes. And this is why I, I get so worked up about, about these things. And for that other person, uh, especially if you are a straight white man, to uh, receive some of what that other person is, is saying and to actually say, mm -hmm. look, I may not understand what you're going through, but I, I, I want to validate your experience and this is what I'm going to do moving forward yes. too. If and I may I be honest, hard. it is. I don't think I've had this conversation with my ex. I don't think we even had the conversation when we were together um, in terms of trying to understand what he understands um, mm -hmm. for many reasons that conversation never happened, but I don't think... What's interesting is the uh, when my middle started gymnastics, hmm. he was there. He came for the first day. He always comes to first day of things. And um, my oldest said, there's no diversity. He didn't hear it. She would talk. She hmm. said it to me. And she was like, there's nobody there who looks like, 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 like mm -hmm. Jay. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. said, I never even, I didn't think about it. But mm -hmm. she already noticed. And then when he... He was like, what did she say? And then so she repeated it to him. And he was like, well, that's not, that doesn't make, there's nothing wrong with that or whatever. And I said, she's not saying there's nothing wrong with it. You're she's right. just taking note of the environment exactly. that Jay is going to be in. There's nobody who looks yes. like her. Yes. Um, and he was just like, well, that's, you know, I'm sure she'll be treated fine. And I was like, I don't know why you went there. We were just making an observation. But yeah, I think to exactly. him, uh, he now feels like he has to say something to, you know, um, and defensive, so I'm not like, sure. why are you getting defensive I mean, over it? To, yeah, why did you get mm -hmm. defensive over it, mm -hmm. right? Um, one day when I can... And this is the thing that I find <coughs> hard because I do a lot of... I have to have a lot of these conversations in the type of work that I do. And it's like people get so defensive because um, they think that by identifying or like letting them know that this is happening, that they're the fact that they are benefiting from the system is somehow like their an fault attack or yeah yeah or mm -hmm. an attack to them uh what is that that quote like um you know when you're so used to having when you're so used to being a like dom a dominant person in society uh equality feels like oppression mm -hmm. right because it's like we're now encroaching into that comfort that you have yes. in your life and it just it it's so hard because how do you make the conversation move forward if this person won't even acknowledge, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. And especially with children. And I mean, I don't know if you've had conversations with your kids 
um, about this, but just like, you know, making children understand that, you know, it's, it's okay for them to feel the feelings that they have mm-hmm. and to also understand that there are people in this world that are just not going to like them or respect them or, um, you know, see them as equal mm-hmm. um, because of their things happen that are going through with them mm-hmm. and that it has nothing to do with, you know, your child. But I think that making them understand that there are people that are going to have these feelings and, you know, you can't necessarily control those feelings, but you can control how you react, um, like what you mm-hmm. do yes. in response to them. Absolutely. I don't know if you've had any like super com- um, complicated conversations with your kids about race or... I haven't really had to yet, but I choose to because, again, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's it's something that could happen. So it's important um, to bring. Did you do any protesting up. around George Floyd? Yes, I did. Yes, I did yeah. take them to the protests that happened down uh, downtown. Yeah. Um, and it was really enlightening, and it was really good for them to see uh, the community coming together, fighting for something that was obviously unjust. Um. There are things that I won't take them to because it's just it's just too dangerous. You know, it's yeah. not appropriate for them. They're just too young, right? If they were teenagers, then fine. But they're just too young. But I think it's important for them to watch certain news segments as long as it's not mm-hmm. too violent. Um, just to have the open conversation. So if there's questions that they need to be asked, I give them um, the best answers to my mm-hmm. ability. Uh, they ask if I've had experiences, and I tell them about my experiences and how I've handled them. Luckily, yeah. they haven't had to go through any of that yet, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. I do try to prepare them. It's like even if if it doesn't even come up about race, but just coming up with just people in general, just learning yeah. that you're not going to get along with everybody, but you're going to have to learn to be in the same room, respect each other, go about your business. Yeah. And not everybody's mm-hmm. going to be your friend, yeah. and that's okay. You focus on the people that are good for you. They might not even be self-aware enough to know that exactly. they have experienced a micro microaggression, exactly, like a racist. Incident well, or... I think for sure my daughter, she definitely did when she was about in grade. I think it was grade three, grade three, for her. Uh, so she, this little girl in her class, invited her to a birthday party. She wanted to go, and she's like, "Okay, I'm going to ask my mom because I really want you to come." And blah blah blah. She couldn't go because she was black. That's what the mom said? Yep. They were friendly. Like, it wasn't her best friend or anything. It was just, like, you know, a girl that they get along in the class and they play at yeah. recess sometimes. They're all a little group of, you know, you know you're in the classroom, right? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And I was like, honey, unfortunately, that is some things that you're going to experience. Uh, uh, so that was definitely a conversation like... I have to. So according, because I didn't go and confront the mom or anything, because why would I... Um, I didn't know her, and I, it was just something I, that my daughter had. I 100% would. If it, here's the thing. I would have. I'm if, just petty. I know. I'm like petty. But that's the thing. I didn't even know what the woman looked like. I didn't even know what the child looked like. This was not somebody that was like, that came over to our house, and I knew Isn't the that parents. Isn't kid from school? They're kids from school. Too. Okay, right? so this is what I would do. <laughs> even though it's been two years. Well, okay. Again, I, I'm petty, and I, I have the time. You know, I would contact the the teacher and say, hey, just so you know, um, Mm -hmm. my child, I know that this person's having a birthday party. I just want to let you know that my child was excluded because this child's parents 
to, for sure. I can see money. myself doing that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I would just like to know what the class is doing to talk about racism. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. this is something Teachable that is obviously affecting my child. Shame that parent into being like, oh, or like the kid <laughs> into going back to the parent and saying, we learned about racism today. And I think what you right. did could be classified as racism. True. And this is why they have such a problem with critical race theory in the States. But go ahead. Yes. Cookie, what were you going to say? Yeah. I have to put my hand up because first of all, <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I, this is a horrible situation and absolutely just how you handled, how you would handle it when it comes to, and this is going to sound terrible, but it, when it comes to Asians, they genuinely don't care. They no. don't care. Oh no! So you would have, it could have approached her, could have approached the teacher. All that would have happened. She would have heard about. It. She wouldn't have cared because it does not matter. She wouldn't have cared. It, no, not if at it all. If was she a feels Caucasian she's lady, maybe to. exactly. Mm-hmm. Comes mm-hmm. to a Caucasian, she might have been like, "Oh shoot," and then try yep. to adjust or make up excuses or whatever because mm-hmm. they understand. But Asians, they don't care. Mm-mm. It wouldn't have mattered. So I'm not. That's why I'm not this surprised. For them. I'm not doing this for them because you obviously you can't if, if somebody has believes this way it's very unlikely it's oh, changing yeah. exactly change. but I'm doing this for my child because mm-hmm. I want my child to know that I have their back yes and that I'm going to do something to ensure that they don't feel like they're the problem and yes. by telling the teacher then hopefully the, the teachers, and I mean, most schools are awesome about this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that they they will turn it into a teacher, teachable moment. Mm-hmm. That happened at my daughter's daycare. We've talked about the story many times on this podcast. She was told that she, by another girl that she didn't want poop-colored people at her birthday. Wow. And, um, you know, I was, I remember dealing with it alone because my husband was traveling for work and mm-hmm. he was like, no, we're going to deal with it when I get back. And he actually talked to the daycare and said, look, I, I I just want the contact information of this parent because obviously my three-year-old's upset and I, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to have a conversation. And the daycare actually said, you know what, you shouldn't be doing this alone. Like this is what we are going to do. Mm-hmm. So in the classroom, they had this conversation about like differences and mm-hmm. why differences are good. And like mm-hmm. they, they really tailored it to little kids for little kids to understand. Yeah. And even though, like, my daughter wasn't upset, I think, probably about the poop face comment, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's just that she was excluded. And that feeling yes. of being excluded from an experience <clears throat> because of something that you cannot change, mm-hmm. that, I think, was the lesson. Yeah, for sure. So we my daughter didn't on care. Friday and they talked about, um, we were talking about things that happen to our kids and how we on the face value, you don't react right away. She was like, I won't react to my child and, and make a scene with her, but I will slash tires. I was like, what the Yeah. She <laughs> went really like left field with it. Just I was like, left, are you just... serious? <laughs> and she was like, yes, absolutely. Yes. I will hunt people down and I will slash tires. I have no problem with Don't it. mess with people's children. People are no joke. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to high school with, um, I, I'll try not to, do too many details because I'm sure somebody I know will know this person. But I went to high school with this girl whose mom was just like, she went from zero to a hundred, like over so many things. And she, (laughs) she's just known as the mom. Uh, She, she drove like a silver Camry. And as soon as you saw that silver Camry in the parking, you knew something was up. You knew that she was coming to complain, (laughs) but she always had her kids back. Back, Yeah. She Mm -hmm. was one of those women that would say, you know what? 
we're gonna fight when i see you we're just we're just gonna have it out out. (laughs) and you know i think there was a lot of discussion um about oh this is so embarrassing like like she just needs to like tone it down like this is there's like white people here like she can't be doing that and now that i'm older i'm like no this woman was felt very strongly about injustice Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. when it came to her children and she was willing to put herself out there i mean i don't know if i would act a damn fool um, <laughs> it depends on what happened myself. i feel true yeah. it depends on yeah. the situation it depends on what happened to your child how it was affecting them yeah and and, and it also depends on like because i find when you become a parent and you're looking at your child and you're raising your children you get triggered by things because you have mm-hmm. memories of whatever happened mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. and so you have to be careful with that because they may be able to handle things a little differently than you that's did right. right and they're not as that's right not to say they're not as passionate about about it as you are but they're just going to be calmer <laughs> because <laughs> even for like, my daughter in that situation exactly because my daughter's like I'm like do you want me to say she's like no mom it's like I'm not really friends with her it's fine like it's not a big deal I was like Doesn't well it matter. is kind of a big deal but then she's like okay just leave it and you have to show that respect as well mm-hmm. they're asking you to leave mm-hmm. something alone you want your children to be able to trust you and say if I need you I'll let you know slightly better environment right That's like true. oh yeah kind of grew up where it was kind of like the wild west it seemed sometimes mm, in, in yeah. terms of like race mm. issues so oh yeah because it wasn't yeah. really dealt with well it, i ca- actually can't say that it's not that it wasn't the school that i went to when that happened to me the child had to write like an essay about okay. racism and his parents had to come in and his dad apologized to my mom and it was a whole thing. The nice. principal, the thing. principal yeah. was not having it. This, he took it very seriously. Yeah, he took it very seriously. He's like, absolutely not. He's nipping this in the butt now. So, I mean, and at my high school, <laughs> yeah, well, it, was it was different. different. It was a different environment. Yeah, different environment. It's a different though. environment, but like uh, different, different, different. I mean, I definitely like I was. Doing. I used to play a lot of sports, right? I'll just mm. tell the story and then we'll move to the next thing because I know you have a hard stop at one thirty. Um, mm. so you can edit that part out. And I, anyway, um, <laughs> I played um, hockey and I ran and mm. I did all the sports. And um, we went to South Africa for a uh, a tournament or whatever. And I remember sitting there and thinking, and they called out everybody's names who was going to play the first team or whatever you call it. And then all of a sudden I was on the substitute list and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't understand. You Mm -hmm. brought me all the way out here for me to be a sub. Like I play every time when we're in Zimbabwe, Mm -hmm. I play first round, first Mm -hmm. string, whatever. I'm not quite understanding what's happening. Why did you bring me all the way here? Why did my parents pay for me to come out here to be a substitute? This makes no sense. So I was very upset. And um, I just stood up and I left. I never said anything to anybody. I was just thinking it. And then later on the evening, the captain said, well, why did you leave? And I said, because Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Can you make me understand what's happening? And um, they were like, well, no, um, we just want to try a different thing and blah, 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 blah. And so I put up a stink on my own. And the second Mm -hmm. day, they put me in the first string, but I no longer wanted to play at that point. So I really mm. just, I dropped the ball a bunch of times and I was like, I don't care to be here. So the rest of the tournament, I didn't play because I didn't care anymore. Cause I was like, why would you bring me here um, to get me on a bus out here just to mm. do that? Like, no thanks. Yeah. And after that, I quit. I went back, mm. went back to Zimbabwe. And after that, and then there, there was a game immediately after I was like, I'm not playing. I quit. quit the Were they sport. black girls on the SA team? Huh? Were there any black girls in the South African team? 
Um, yes. Yes. Mm. A couple. Yeah, they won't mm. a couple. So, like, I mean, I, I didn't... It, it disappointed me because I thought that I was going to play sports for a long yeah. time in my life. But after that, I just quit. And I joined the walking club, so that was fun. <laughs> 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 oh god but i met some awesome people in this walking club it was fun it was so much fun <laughs> this is what i'm saying like this is this is an indication from like from your your childhood like that this is the moment where you realize that there are different rules mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for you depending on you know how you look like yeah so what do you what would you say um if you had a piece of advice to your younger self or to somebody who is also raising mixed race kids, what would you tell them? I would tell them to, no matter what, always be honest with your children. If they're seeing something and they experience something and you're there, don't deny it. Don't ignore it. Bring it up right away. Have mm-hmm. the conversation. Don't act as if it's not a big deal. If your kids have questions, regardless of how uncomfortable it may be, have the conversation. Don't assume just because your children may be lighter skin toned than you that they are not going to be going through mm-hmm. what you go through as a darker skinned person because they will. And it's really up to you to prepare them. Um, yeah, just, just be mm-hmm. honest with them because I don't think people give children enough credit. Obviously, depending on their age, you yes. have to have the certain conversations depending on age. But don't assume that they don't know. Children are brilliant mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they see things. They may not know how to explain it to you in a way, but they notice it and they feel mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out that way to, to get on their level and discuss it with them mm-hmm. and to make sure that they know that you have their back. Mm-hmm. They're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, awesome. That's some awesome advice. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we'll be right back with our weekly letter. With this week's litter cookie, do you want to take it away? Absolutely. Hi, ladies. I am a 34-year-old Tanzanian guy, and I am engaged to a Canadian woman who's half Greek and half Filipino. That's an interesting mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are excited about getting married, but we are facing some challenges, and they seem to be coming mostly from my family. We've opted for a small wedding, mostly due to the cost and timing of our wedding. My family is really upset that we've chosen to have such a small wedding and also that we're having it in Toronto, where we both live. Mm. The truth is, it's really expensive for us to fly to either country and we're trying to be financially responsible. My mother hasn't talked to my fiance since March because of this. She says she's upset that March. She, um, we haven't even thought about our family members in Tanzania who won't be able to participate. I just don't think we need to go into debt to accommodate family members who I don't even really know. Please help. Okay, first of all, is mom paying for the wedding? <laughs> the golden question. <laughs> if they're not paying for the wedding, then they don't get a say. Yes, no. it's sad. <clears throat> yeah, okay, sure. Parents have, some parents, have this envisionment of what their child should be doing on their wedding days and, and an idea of what they thought was going to happen. But I feel that this couple's being quite responsible. They're living, they're trying to live yeah. with, beyond, within their means. They know what they can afford. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure if they were made and of they more money. And they live in Toronto, which is like one of the most expensive places in the country. Yeah, so they're already trying to survive that. And then to go all the way over there to accommodate, why? <laughs> and yeah. if they really wanted to come, how come they can't come to Toronto then? Yes, exactly. If they like, really want to be there, if these, these family members that want, that they he doesn't really have a relationship, if they want to build, then they can cough up some, mm-hmm. some cash and, and I'm up. feeling I'm feeling like he's really being accommodating of his wife as well because mm-hmm. um, if he, you know if they can't her family if they go over there then only her family gets that if they go to Tanzania his family gets that exactly. so he's like no let's meet in the middle and which I think absolutely is I think he's being well, exactly. this is why people elope because they just exactly. don't want to deal with with this and as somebody who had four weddings yes like wow. four ceremonies uh because I was trying to please Look, I was 26, okay? I was trying mm. to please yes. everyone. Yeah. And, I mean, I I don't think I would change the experience. I mean, except for, like, the financial mm. implications of it. Um, but because you have, like, one side saying, oh, we want to celebrate our African culture, and it's like, we're not going to be involved. And then you have, like, all of your friends. Like, at that point, most of my really close friends lived here. Mm-hmm. So it was also a challenge to like have a way because we got married in Zimbabwe right we mm-hmm. had well one of our weddings was in Zimbabwe but there's a couple of things that I see I hear like we're currently in a major major cost of living crisis I mean mm-hmm. I don't know about you but it is hard it right is. now mm-hmm. to just survive yes and, like be able to pay bills and have money left over at exactly the, end of the day and He's 30, was it 34? So he's older ish. Not mm-hmm. not like super. He's still new to the career world. Still new yeah, to the career world. And I mean, still like, trying to figure things out. The mm-hmm. average home in Toronto is like almost a million dollars. Like yeah. it's, it's it's like, do you want to spend money um and secure a place to live <laughs> so that you can actually like Exactly. Or am I going to put myself in debt traveling around uh, for a day? It's literally a day. And he's making that compromise. He's making that Mm -hmm. compromise with his wife. That's who he's going to spend the rest of his life with, not his mother. people are Zooming weddings. There's companies in Zimbabwe even that will set up a Zoom thing for you. Mm -hmm. And then people just go have their regular like barbecue and celebrate from afar. And I think that anybody who is living today will understand and respect that it's so expensive. Because if you told a bunch of those relatives, well, why don't you come to Toronto? You know, I guarantee that you will be have like, no, 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 no. I, I can't afford that. I can't afford it. that. Exactly. And so why should the cost just be on the, the bride and groom? That be on the, the bride and groom. But and I mean, I'd I, like to know why the mom is so mad at the fiance. Like, it's obviously her son that's. The, yeah, but she probably feels the fiance is pushing it, right? Right. Yeah. But she not having the... a conversation with her is not going to help the situation either. Well, she's moving also forward. Canadian, so maybe she grew up here, and maybe her family's here, and maybe the mother's mm. taking that against her. But that's oh. not really her. It's not like the the fiance was like, "We're not going to Tanzania." Yeah, gonna, you know, they made the like choice together. Probably... Yeah. Or a conversation. It's just yeah, people are wild so out there. And weddings don't I, need to be this dramatic. They really no, don't. they really don't. Uh, and it, 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 there was a time when it's, when children getting married, your children getting married, was a, a sense of um, 
it was a prideful thing to say, my child's getting married and I want Mm -hmm. to set them up for success. So what's important here is that they are advised on what, what, what marriage and whatnot is like and make sure that they are on the other side of that wedding day, they have money to carry on with their lives. They have a place to live, they have food. Even if they said, we're going to go to Texas and have the wedding and we don't want gifts, we just want money. People, somebody would still have an issue with something that. to say. Exactly. So, yep. you know, so, you're supposed to be setting up your money. children because you're supposed to be getting married when they, okay. So to be fair, back then, I guess people used to get mm-hmm. married younger. So you wanted to make sure people used to buy fridges and stoves and yes. um, furniture. Oh, yeah. entire oh, I got house, a whole, you know? yeah. I got a whole kitchen set when I got married. <laughs> I got the what? stove, got the fridge, got the microwave thing. Oh yeah. See, cause people, cause the, mm-hmm. the, the idea was to set you up for success. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, so to go into debt for this kind of thing is ridiculous. Too. Absolutely not. I think he's making the right the right decision. I think you his mom should be proud of him. Oh so, my god! Yes, I have. There. No. <laughs> people are like people Going are spending so out. much money. I just like don't I, my I remember when I bought my wedding dress. It was the most expensive thing I had ever bought in my entire life, mm-hmm. and I was like physically sick when I. I was like, is my card going to swipe? Yeah. Like, like I was just like work? physically sick about it. And, you know, I was talking to one of my students who's getting married and they're like, oh yeah, my dress is like $4,000. I'm like, that is tuition, girl. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are you doing? That's rent Go for rent a dress and so like save exactly. that money. Like, I'm wearing know. it once. Oh, well, I'm buying it because if I have children, my da- your daughter's not going to want it. No. She <laughs> might cut a couple pieces <laughs> off. And added in her bouquet. She's not going to wear the damn dress, okay? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) You're 100% right. right. They're not. The other thing is, and I love my African people, but I think sometimes these things are for show. And Mm -hmm. it's just for you to uh, be able to have your friends and your family come and experience how wonderful your life supposedly is. Yep. But... I feel like you get to a point where you just stop caring. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was like right around that age, like, you know, in my early thirties, where I was just like, I, I don't need this. Okay. And no. Yeah. They're going to no, have the people who day. matter the most to them. You know, they'll have, they can stream <clears throat> it on zoom. They can go back in two or three years mm-hmm. and do like a traditional party. But exactly. I don't think the mom, you know, mom, you, you're Mom not needs to chillax. starting the, the marriage well. If you <laughs> no, are she's not. Yes, no, no. With her for this, no. Yeah. I think good they luck. should stick. Yeah, good luck to them, and I hope she they stand their ground. I think they're going to have a beautiful wedding regardless. Yeah, I think that they're making the right choices for themselves, and they're being mm-hmm. smart about it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a future because saving of it. up for a house so that you can have grandkids. Exactly. You know, you, you just soften it somehow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Exactly. All right, we'll be back with this week's news. Okay, so we are back with this week's news. We have a very interesting story this week. So a teacher from the Greater Essex County District School Board, which is in Windsor, Ontario, is in hot water this week because she was caught using the N-word not once but twice in less than a week. So what happened? The teacher apparently used the first the word the first time when students in her class were playing a song that had the word in it. She asked the students to turn the music off. And in doing so, she actually said the word. 
And then the second time it happened, her students asked for like a restorative circle so that they could basically talk to the teacher and tell her like the impact of her saying that word. Um, and in apologizing, she used the word again. In the apology? Now, <laughs> yeah. So the school board, as you can imagine, um, is trying to figure things out. They've uh, passed a directive banning the word in the entire school district. And prior to this incident, use of the word was always handled on a case-by-case basis. Oh my. Parents and students are still upset because they feel that no one should be comfortable using the word like that in school, especially because of the historical trauma associated with the words. It's basically a mess. And this is an ongoing story. I am curious to hear from you. If you were a parent in that school district. I'd, um, I'd have a meeting with the teacher and ask what, what her problem is. <laughs> okay, here's yeah. the thing, though. I feel like we need context. We need context. Well, because what, okay, what song was it? What and song even, was and here's it? that's so hard too because <sighs> like I understand the first time it being a mistake, but when you are in the process of apologizing and you just say the word again, yeah, and it's then you like, say the girl, word like, whoa. and it's because she's and and she's using it so freely because she uses it freely. You don't people don't say that word comfortably unless they are comfortable using the word. Because it's just yeah. something that's about their day to day life, depending on okay. who they talk to and who their friends are after work. Exactly. I can I can go with that. I can agree with that. But then I I just <laughs> I genuinely would have loved to have been in the room to understand what was going on because maybe she was saying, "Why are you guys listen to the song with the word N word?" Um, uh-huh. Okay, now we're having this restorative conversation. Whatever that song with the word N word should mm-hmm. not be. Play. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to understand what she was saying. I want to know the yeah, whole thing. But said, Cookie, yeah. it's 2022. Right? <laughs> this is but... the, the easiest thing to do to not be seen as problematic or racist is to just not ever use the word. But she's not mm-hmm. saying, but it was not directed at anybody. This is where I have an issue slightly matter. with some things. It's like it's, saying it's... the F word, you know, when you're talking about like, uh, LGBTQ um, plus folks like saying the F word mm. and trying to trying to justify it by uh, explaining the context. I think that we should this at this point in history, we should just know that it doesn't matter whether you are racist or not. Just don't say the word in public if you don't want to get the flag into this it. situation. And my thing is, she could have she could have said because again, we we don't know exactly what happened, right? But yeah. Even if so, she hears the she hears the word. She's hearing the song. Why didn't she say, "Hey, you guys, I heard that word. It's mm-hmm. not appropriate. We need to turn the music off." I'd like to know why she felt the need to say the word. And then w- she knows what she was apologizing for. So why did you have to say the word again? You know why the apology had to come. You know what happened. Your boss came to talk to you. Some parents called you. You probably got a couple of emails. You know what the issue is. So why would you say the word again? Because it just slips out of her mouth like toast. And this school district, I mean, I don't know anything about the school district, but the fact that you handled the use of the N-word on a case-by-case basis is also very interesting to me. Yes. Like, what does that mean? Is it Does it mean that it's okay to use the word in certain contexts? Like when? You know it, what I mean? Basically, that's what it sounds like to me. It's like a case-by-case basis. It's like it shouldn't be used at all. Yeah. And in this case, I guess they're going to say, well, because she wasn't calling a child the word. 
it's so wrong but i think that's what they're just trying to go with it's like oh well because she wasn't using it in a negative way I think it's uh, a tough one be because trouble. for me, I like that was my immediate reaction was as a parent, I want to know what mm-hmm. exactly was happening. Also, you have to be, I don't know what grade this was, but it's also mm-hmm. interesting to know the recollection these children have of whatever mm-hmm. she said. Because sometimes kids can be, depending on the age, again, obviously if it's elementary, they don't quite understand what's happening, but junior high, high school, um, sometimes they can be extra. They really can yes. be. Like junior, yes, true. junior high is wild. It's wild times. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to understand what their recollection of what happened and what they told mm-hmm. their parents, how the conversation was had on the other side so that the mm-hmm. parents were so outraged. And I don't know. Well, I think I the reason the story is, sometimes. sorry, I think the reason that the story is um, a little bit crazy right now is because the kids who were involved actually were upset. So they were mm. something in that interaction made them upset okay but then about my, it true but the but, thing is i wonder why would you play the song then because here's my thing like i oh, don't thank yes. you i okay so i like i love hip-hop love r&b love rap love all that stuff but there's certain songs i won't listen to around certain people because i know yes. they get uncomfortable when certain words are used mm-hmm. And they are not comfortable saying it in front mm-hmm. of me. I don't want to hear them say it. So why am I going to be listening to it around certain people? And it's not like, exactly. And it's not appropriate for the classroom at all. That is something that you are on your, mm-hmm. you know, your See, iPhone that, that, or whatever. Your, your, yeah, in your ear. <laughs> what do kids listen in to? Walkie talkie. Sorry, I'm old. <laughs> walkie talkie, girl. Oh, yeah, that's what I feel like the first time it happened, like you can kind of understand her saying, hey, don't listen to that music that has the n-word in it mm-hmm. turn it off like but she could have said n-word sh- and not actually say the word yes <laughs> and that was her bad yeah but then now to like come back into a a situation where you are trying to restore that relationship to then you to mm, do yeah. the same thing <clears throat> but yes i i like, want to i want them to dig more into why that music was being played in the first place because yes some mm-hmm. of it is just not appropriate like it's not i don't think mm-hmm. my my kids have ever heard me like once or twice i'll play a song that i'm i forget that the edward is in the middle somewhere but sometimes right. like i'll i'll um if i know so i know the song so i know something's come up or some words are coming up i would talk over the music or turn it down or whatever make sure i'm having a conversation mm-hmm. to cut it out and sometimes i don't catch the the word but i don't know right. if i've necessarily even mentioned that but cookie is that the issue know. the issue is that this woman <sighs> had <laughs> the comfort and yeah. ease the to issue just roll this word off, off, off her tongue no like, it's not obviously the these kids should not have been listening to that music mm-hmm. in the classroom but i think this teacher just kind of aggravated the whole situation by saying saying the actual word yeah. she could have just said the n-word so many people know that that's how you say it you know like um i remember asking my husband because my husband used to listen to a lot of hit, like hip-hop and rap and stuff mm-hmm. and um when the movie nwa came out i was like what does the n what does nwa stand for and he he didn't even say the word he was just like n-word with attitude mm-hmm. and immediately i got it and because right. he knows, he's socially conditioned to know that 
even if people themselves who are claiming that word are saying it, it does not give you a right as a certain But like you person. just said, your husband's socially conditioned. How many are not? A teacher, so he though? gets it. Ah, well, girl, it's, it's, it's her job. It doesn't mean. Kids, <laughs> well, that's why you got to pay attention. <laughs> and maybe that classroom is not the classroom for your child and it's time to switch. So if you were a parent, like what what questions are you asking? Of the I I would the I would ask I would definitely have a meeting. Like if that if if my daughter came home mm-hmm. and said this is what happened, I would definitely want to have a meeting with the principal and the teacher and ask this uh, specific teacher your side of the story for when I want to know what song was it, why you felt comfortable saying the word, why couldn't you? I I want to hear an explanation from mm-hmm. from them just to hear what. And what I think was it, what the was so comfortable is why did it that slide off the tongue? It is not an unreasonable thing. It is not an unreasonable <sighs> request to ask these questions of the teacher and of the school and of the school district. And now that it, we know that there's a policy where this type of situation is handled on a case by case basis, it's like, what is the metrics for that? Like, why is it that? This, this is a case by case basis kind of thing. It should just be a blanket policy. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't use the word in school, whether you're black or whether you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just inappropriate in a school environment. Go listen to the song at home or buy headphones. <laughs> like, yeah, buy the headphones, recess, after school when you're walking home. Yeah. like Anywhere but uh, in the classroom. It shouldn't definitely not be played in the classroom. Things, but I True. mean, I don't know. Cookie, you're very quiet. <laughs> She's <I> just... thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, it's a... um. It's a tough one. I think there's so mm-hmm. many different um, facets or aspects to this that are at play, and I don't know if um, we can necessarily. What would you do as a parent? I honestly, I would ask who was playing the music, what was happening, why was the music playing. Um, you know, those kinds of questions. I'm asking a lot of my child because I need to understand what was actually mm-hmm. happening before I run to the teacher to say, "Hey, why did you say this word for me?" I think um, I need to understand a little bit more about the situation do you think kids yep. just that self-aware enough though depends on the age mm-hmm. i guess so i know junior, I, I know, know. elementary junior sorry junior high mm-hmm. is a lot there's a lot that's yeah. going on there's a lot of transition there's a lot of growing there's a lot of whatever is going on um i don't even know if my daughter unders fully understands what's going on yeah so i think mm. it's it's a whole thing there's so much at play during this time Mm -hmm. period of their growth that you have to ask them a lot of questions to get down to why are you really upset what actually happened so that i am addressing the correct thing i'm not addressing just this n-word part i'm i'm addressing the correct thing if this teacher threw a chair at you yes that's a different that is mountains above using the n-word i need to know you know and i mean the other thing is I don't think any of us are saying that this teacher should be fired, right? I feel no. like this is just... Like, it's a teachable moment. I yeah, don't think it's, it's anything for her and, and to absolutely. lose her job over. No, yeah. let's, let's teach and let's, let's, let's um, do that. But yeah, we should take... The um, now, if she doubles down on it, <laughs> that's when I'm like, girl, you are in the wrong profession. Yeah. You're in the wrong profession. But yeah. anyway. All right, guys. We are going to be right back with the saddest part where we have to say goodbye. We'll be right back.
everybody that was such a fun episode um thank you so much um for for coming on we well, thank you for having me <laughs> but also a lot about your experiences as a mom thank you thank you thank you thank very you much so for much. having me this was great yes thank you ladies this was great this was a great experience yeah and as always where can we be found cookie Oh, um, we can be found on Instagram at <laughs> Mixed Motherhood Pod. Um, you can also email us at mixedmotherhoodpod uh, at gmail.com. Um, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us. We will put all the information in the uh, episode notes. And uh, hope to see you next week again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Take care. Have a great week. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. The Mixed Motherhood Pod is written and produced by Nanae Belanger and Kudzai Chimanakire. All musical credits belong to Epidemic Sound. Follow us on all platforms at Mixed Motherhood Pod. See you next time.